0: alongside lewis fernandez dennis cox here with you we're at pnc arena in the plaza between pnc and carter finley stadium getting you set for game one of the eastern conference final tonight puck drop just after eight o'clock storm watch adam gold starts at seven o'clock adam gold is going to join us here in about 15 minutes as we run the table we're definitely going to get you set up for the canes and panthers but let's go ahead and get into the daily check down with number five i got five Luis Fernandez, Caleb Love, former UNC guard, had committed to Michigan after entering yes. the transfer portal. He committed to Michigan, but now is reopening up himself to be available to other schools. Now, here's the thing. Here's a caveat. You're like, well, if he committed to Michigan, he's back in the transfer portal. He ever actually never, actually never technically got out of the transfer portal because he never enrolled at Michigan. So he's just really been in the portal this whole time. But again, have made that commitment to Michigan, but not going to be able to actually go to Michigan, it appears.
1: As you hear the weekend coming on over here. Uh, no, I, and that's one of the things with, like, a lot of people, when you you see these reports of different people transferring on all this stuff, always pay attention to the official team accounts when they announce yes. so-and-so has signed. Like, it is official. It's different than making a verbal commitment. Yes, and that's, that's what's happened with the Caleb Love situation here. I, I just, I feel bad for the young man because like somebody i i feel like this is michigan dropping the ball a bit um so? looking looking at the reporting that different people have, have had a lot of it is like the, the standards for transfers coming into Michigan are, are higher than they're going to be in other places. For sure. some reason, Michigan is just like that. So
0: different academic standards.
1: But but at the same time, is it? UNC and Michigan are both high profile public institutions. So Fair. Fair. I, I just I look at it as this is some kind of conversation that needed to be had or that needed to be figured out well before it's, it's been over a month since Caleb Love committed to, to Michigan. Six and that, weeks? that that hurts not only him, He's got to find a new place to go now, and it's later in the portal season, so a lot of places have already found their people, but now that hurts Michigan, too, because that's... You bring Caleb Love, and you're assuming he's going to be a major part of what you're going to do in the next year, and so now everyone's just kind of screwed over, and it sucks. That's really bad, and I just I feel bad for Caleb Love because it, just, it feels like... I, I hope the young man's not embarrassed, but that's that's tough. It's, it's all just a very tough scene.
0: It is, but I think... I think someone is going to, a school is going to jump on his sure. availability real quickly. Sir. Sure. We're definitely going to see that here in the near future. All right, next up.
1: One of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. So all week, we've had a lot of conversations about the ACC, uh, how they're doing some business meetings uh, at Amelia Island uh, down in Florida, and they're talking about the future of what the ACC is going to look like. Uh, Commissioner Tim Phillips was uh, talking with folks today. Uh, he had some thoughts on the revenue situation. Here's what he said.
2: It's never going to be a direct line, right? There's going to be pivots. There's going to be movement. There's going to be some processes that lead you to success. Some other processes that end up being a dead end uh, for you financially. But what I do like is the key cohesiveness and togetherness of the group. And, and that certainly is, you've seen that.
1: Now to provide some context to yeah. all of that one of the issues that the ACC is dealing with from an existential perspective is the amount of revenue that comes in. Uh, When you look at how different programs, different different conferences make money, a big chunk of it comes from media rights deals. So you have like the SEC and the Big Ten right now, they have the biggest of the big deals. And that money is taken in and it's divided evenly amongst the different schools, the different programs within the conference. So if the SEC is say the number we've been just the you know hypothetical number we've been throwing around is 80 million, right? The ACC is making 30 to 40 million per school less than that based yes. on the, the media rights deals alone. So now you're in a situation where the ACC is trying to hold itself together, trying to keep the different people from falling apart, like we've seen with, for example, the the Pac-12 having USC and UCLA making their way over to the Big Ten. So you're trying to make that work, you're trying to keep that together, and as Jim Phillips was mentioning, you're. Trying to have to find creative ways to make up some of this difference when yep. it comes to the revenue.
0: That's that's the big topic of conversation was down there and Jim Phillips also talked about the meetings that they had during this whole week in Amelia Island and the progress that was made.
2: We're looking at a variety of ways to close the revenue gap that we see coming up and um, really healthy and productive uh, uh, you know, sessions and meetings and conversations. And, and as I think maybe we've talked about uh, outside of the show, there's no magic bullet that closes the that gap. So we're gonna have to be creative and we have been creative about three, four, five, six different things that will, I think have a chance to help us.
0: All right, so that's ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips again, talking about the progress, quote unquote, that was being made. And again, the revenue stream for the ACC is the big point of contention, you could say. Because again, these schools, for example, NC State, Carolina, Duke, Wake, Clemson, every school in the ACC is competing either directly with the Big Ten or the SEC in terms of recruiting, facilities, all that stuff. For example, how often have we seen players from the state of North Carolina go to a Clemson? For, or, or, or to another school dexter lawrence who just got a massive deal with the new york giants is from right here at wake forest in wake county just north of raleigh played at clemson kj henry who just got drafted by the washington commanders played at clemson from greensboro i uh what's the name uh todd Gurley, played, yeah, at, sure. played, played running back at carborough high school just east of raleigh goes to georgia so yeah these schools in the state of North Carolina want to keep their players in having more money to improve facilities and such goes a long, long way.
1: And it's, it's tough too, because like it was one thing when this kind of thing, the main concern was improving facilities. It was paying coaches. But now with NIL being what it is now, you're having to worry about maintaining those players. Yes. And um, you know, Brian Murphy does fantastic reporting on all things NIL and all of these, these different kinds of WRL sports uh, investigative reporter, Brian Murphy. And one thing he mentioned, Cordy Banghart saying in the past to him was you want to take like that, that big money that's coming down from like the ACC, that media rights money, if you will. And you want to take that and put it towards the institutions. You want to take that and put it towards building those facilities. And then you want your boosters and your donors to help out with like the NIL collectives and things along those lines. So like that is just you're putting yourself in a position where the you're compounding how far behind you are uh with with these different conferences and you know I, that's it's no one's happy about it like i un- I understand jim phillips has to try and maybe you know, the peacemaker and keep people together but a lot of the reports there there were some contentious conversations at, at the 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 meetings this week so you know the, the media rights deal is in through 2036 all right it's 2023 last time i checked You got to figure out a way to make it work. Because if there was an easy way to get out of that deal, you're gosh darn sure the lawyers would have figured it out already. They would
0: have for sure. All right, next up. One, two, three. In the NBA last night, the Miami Heat on the road take game one from the Boston Celtics, 123-116. to Jason Tatum, 30 points for Boston, but did not attempt one field goal in the fourth quarter of a tight game. Uh... Why? Why is your best player not taking
1: shots in the fourth quarter? It's so weird because, like, th- this is not... Jason Tatum is not afraid to shoot the ball. No. He's not afraid to go get his shot and go be that guy. Some people will argue, if anything, he does that too much. So, you know, there there have been a lot of questions regarding the coaching situation in Boston in this postseason. They they yeah. haven't exactly... They've, they they ended up beating the the Falcons. The, the Falcons, them beating the Hawks, but... That series was a lot closer than I think people expected it to be. Uh, the 76ers, it ta- they take taken them to seven, and it takes a, a pretty big meltdown by the 76ers in the final game, allowing Jason Tatum to score 51 points in yeah. game seven. And so now you're in a situation where, like, when you look on paper, the Celtics are a significantly better team than the Miami Heat. They are hurt. They have a lot of, uh, like, None of the, the more role players, I guess you could say, that are that are playing in some of these bigger positions because of injuries that they have. But you know, the one thing the Miami Heat have? What? Eric Spolstra. Yeah. The best head coach in the NBA. And really? that is that is that is not a hot take. That is not over a hot Greg take. Greg Popovich. One, I mean, over this current iteration of Greg Popovich. Okay. Uh, he is the best coach in the NBA. And what he and Jimmy Butler were able to do as a tandem, it's incredibly impressive. Like, they always overachieve. They're always yeah. coming back to this kind of moment. I mean, it's a rematch of the Eastern Conference Final last year. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's super, it's so interesting to see that kind of back and forth and what what works in the NBA. Is it the, having that coach or is it having that, that all-star type player, that all-star type roster? Yeah, so much of the NBA is just kind of, like, hey, let them do what they need to do. Yeah. But you also got to have that guy who can kind of lead, lead the, the ship, steady the waters, if you will.
2: All right, next up. And I don't even care who number two is.
1: So the Washington Commanders are expected to have a new owner that's been put down, all of that stuff. But the NFL owners will not vote on the Washington Commanders' sale during their meetings next week in Minnesota. That is according to an NFL league official. Um, so, as, as you all may remember, um, Dan Snyder uh, reached a purchase and sale agreement for the Commanders with a group led by Josh Harris, who currently owns the 76ers
0: yeah, and the, the New Jersey 76ers. Devils. Yes.
1: Exactly. Uh, so, this, you know,
0: they're still not going to win.
1: No, <laughs> but, like, listen, it's it's still, like, Dan Snyder's. he's got to be the worst owner ever. Oh, he
0: stinks. He's, he's, he's atrocious on, on a,
1: a lot of different levels, both professionally and personally. Um, but... They, they agreed to sell the team for $6 billion. Yeah. Six with a B. It'd be the largest sale ever. So now it, it kind of sounds like this isn't so much like, hey, it's not going to happen. It, it's more along the lines of trying to get everyone in the right place, getting everything together. But still, I mean, of all the Washington Commanders fans I know, yeah, the second this came through, they are like, yes, yes. Well, you
0: have to wait a little bit longer for it to be official, Commanders fans. Sorry, they're just going to make... They're going to make Dan Snyder wait for his money, basically, is what they're going to do, which is fine, because basically he, like, financed the team basically, like, as against himself, essentially, is what he did. There's a lot of different things he, he did. So he actually, a lot of that money he's going to receive for the team, he's going to have to, A, pay in, in taxes, obviously, for the sale, but then he's got a lot of people he's got to owe. Financially, in, in regards to the, the Commanders
1: as well. One, one thing, maybe to to ease the concerns of some uh, Washington Commanders fans, if you are listening, yeah. Uh, ESPN article: uh, While some owners and league sources have expressed concern over the structure of Harris's bid, a source close to him said the NFL has not relayed any concerns to the group. Sure. The source, the money's not an issue. The source, the, the group, Harris's group is uh, has an approximate net worth of a hundred. Billion dollars. Imagine that's one Johnson's part of that group too. He is. That's that's one 100 billion. That's one tenth of a trillion.
0: That's a lot of money.
1: I would love like w- if you gave me one percent of that, I'd be pretty happy. I think that's pretty generous. Simply. I I retire.
0: <laughs> me too. I'd retire on heartbeat. All right. Next up.
1: We
0: have talked often about the connections between these two franchises, whether it's the stall brothers, Maurice, Rob, Brenda Moore, we talked to Mike Maniscalco earlier about this today, about the style of play for both these teams. They have a similar philosophy in terms of taking away space in the neutral zone, but how they do it is a lot different. Florida using more of a physical style where the Canes oh, yeah. are tight gap sticks on pucks, deflecting a lot of passes in that way. So is that physicality going to be overall as the series progresses? Is that physicality something that is going to be a problem for Carolina, or is that something that they could still use to their advantage? Because they play a physical style of play themselves.
2: Uh, yeah, differently. Yeah, but uh, different, okay. different in terms of their physicality. I think the best way it's been explained, not explained to me as though I didn't realize it, but described and Eddie Ulrich did this yeah. uh, yesterday, was he said Carolina played the Islanders, and Carolina played the Devil. And Florida is basically a combination of the two. That's what Walt Ruff, yeah, told sure. us about a half hour ago. And the, the fact that, like, Florida, the Islanders played a nasty series because they had no other choice. They couldn't skate with Carolina. No, no, they could not. Florida can skate, and they can play nasty, and they will play nasty, not across the board, but... As much as Hurricanes fans hated Eric Holland, oh, yeah. They're going to hate Sam Bennett yep. probably more. Okay. And Matthew Kachuk and Radko Goodis. Oh, yeah, Gutis, Because yeah. this is the way that those guys, more so Bennett and Kachuk, this is the way those guys play. And it's not always clean, especially in the case of Sam Bennett. Yeah. But they are excellent players who play with an edge and they make they make the difference they absolutely do and, and bennett and kachuk
0: will play together they will and, and kachuk has actually been suspended a few times in his career Well, it's bennett, been a few
2: years bennett's been suspended at least once this year yeah so and, and i know he was suspended for a time last year he no he he, he kind of straddles the line between what's acceptable and what isn't yeah yeah, he does.
1: With Kachuk too. I mean, he's he obviously that physical play, but he's also incredibly skilled. With over you know, 100 oh points, gosh, to, I mean, it's amazing. It's to see that kind of skill in his size. It's it feels so rare. Uh, you know, what what? How do you confront that compared to what you've had to face so far? I mean, in the series, there's no comparison,
2: honestly, in the playoffs for the Hurricanes at this point. Matthew Kachuk will be the most complete. I mean, complete forward that they've had to deal with. There's nobody on the Islanders that compares to this. And there's nobody, the style that Kachuk plays, that the Devils have. None. I mean, Timo Meyer would be the closest thing to a power forward. And he's not this. No. no. So, I mean, Kachuk's the best player they've played against. Jack Hughes would be the most skilled player they've played against. But Kachuk is the best player they've played against.
0: And are you anticipating We get Adam Gold joining us here live on the plaza, getting us set for game one,
2: listening to earth, Wind, and fire. Yes. That's, it's a good, it's, it's a good, good place fine. to be. It's
0: a beautiful day it's out. Yeah. Earth, Wind and fire is playing. It's, it's they, they're selling beer like 20 feet in front of us right now. I don't need um, that. No, we don't. But for the fans that are coming here, beer is being sold out here. In Please the plaza. Do. <laughs> now looking at what Jacob Slavin has actually done in this postseason. So if you actually look at the number of goals allowed while he's on the ice, or when Slavin when Slavin's on the ice on the ice, Carolina has outscored teams fifteen to three this postseason. Only One, three, two, times. three
1: That's and five on five. And That's five, five on five.
2: five. Three goals. So, <laughs> it,
1: or,
0: or is I know generally the matchups are you trying to match up center ice? Is Rob Moore going to do his best he can to try and make sure that Slavin and Burns are on the ice anytime
2: Kachuk and Bennett are out there, uh, or the other line of Barkov, Verhage and Nick Cousins yeah so Florida's got two scoring lines so to me the key to the series I think Slavin and, and Burns are excellent and they're fine against anybody yeah but to me the key to the series is avoiding the dips from Payne, Shea and Pesci yeah. who had some great games and some bad games Yes. they can't have bad games in this series Unless you plan on winning all the good ones. There's right? they, yeah. I mean, they we can't afford this team can't afford the 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 valleys of Pesci and Che. But, you know, they were so great all year long. Everybody goes through little pockets. But that to me is the difference. I mean, Slavin and Birds are gonna play, you know, twenty four minutes a night. So yeah. Maybe more, if you have to. Rod Rod will shorten the bench if he has to, but he also trusts Chatfield and Gostas Bear because they're such good skaters. They're great skaters. And Chatfield can play with an edge, too. Yes.
1: Most definitely got 28 days later. Yeah. Teravine. It's actually 27. 27. The, the surgery me. was the Friday. It, it was they. Rod said Wednesday. I know what he's just
2: talking about it because I was listening to you guys earlier. Tavo Teravine is four weeks removed from surgery tomorrow. Wow. Yeah,
0: I guess the, the hand break. The hand break. The hand itself, break. Yeah. But,
2: but the surgery was the Friday. The yeah. break was the Wednesday. Yeah. They played on a Wednesday night. Rod Brindamore said he's going to have surgery tomorrow. They didn't do the surgery until Friday morning. Apparently. Um and yeah, so I mean more power to Tavo. Good I'm, luck.
1: I mean now you're you're taking a a, a penalty kill group at ninety percent in the playoffs and you're it's like you're making this big old pot of gumbo or something that's cooking good and then you're about to add some hot sauce on top of it.
2: Yeah, but that's good hot sauce to yeah. Tabo Terra if choose to use that Texas uh so he no Tabo Tavo is he's a, an excellent penalty killer. He's one of the smartest players they have. And he could I think it's easier in a defensive way to work Tavo back into the lineup yeah. more than an offensive way, which is why I not I have no problem with him going back in the penalty kill. And I actually like the fact that he's playing with stall because it becomes a more direct style. Yeah. So Jordan plays one way and when you're on the ice with Jordan, you're gonna play that way because that's the way it's played. And I think that I think that has helped Natchez's overall game. And I do believe that it'll be good for uh, Tara Vinen because Tara has got great defensive instincts. So I I'm, I think that's a good spot. Nice.
0: Adam Gold joining us here on the Daily Checkdown brought to you by Window Nation. Storm Watch with Adam starts at 7 o'clock. Again, puck drop for game one tonight is at 8 o'clock right here on 99.9 The Fan. Now, Adam, Freddie Anderson, just well, everyone, has had a week off. Yeah. But for Freddie and Ronta, and this Rod actually talked about it this morning, that for two guys who have had a little bit of a history of being nicked up here and there, how beneficial is it for those two to have a full week of rest, especially for Freddie have a full week of rest to be ready to go into this series?
2: Honestly, I think they would have rather been like off for three days sure, as opposed to six. But I'm not – like Freddie was healthy before. Ronta – had overcome the illness. So I think you've got both guys at optimum health right now mm-hmm. as, as healthy as they're possibly going to be in the middle of May. So I think it's, it's good to a point. It all depends. Can, Cause Freddie was playing. I think Freddie was playing at a pretty high level. Yeah. yeah. And that's my curiosity. Cause I think both goaltenders fall into this category because they both have to ca- recapture what they had before this break. Sure. Yeah, I mean, the, the Panthers were, have been off since last Friday too. So the, the long break One has day, yeah. will impact both teams. Right. Um, but Brovsky, in year five, year four with Florida for the first time since, since signing that contract that pays him 10 million a year is playing like a $10 million a year goalie. Yeah. So does he resume that, which you can assume whatever you want. I, I think everything is in play. Do you resume being the $10 million a year goalie or do you kind of revert back? Maybe meet, you know, kind of revert to the meat a little bit because he has struggled. If Spencer Knight were healthy all year yeah, or not, I mean, healthy physically and mentally because, you know, he's away for other reasons. Yeah, But if Spencer Knight was available, I'm not sure Spencer Knight wouldn't be the goalie, right? There's a reason Alex Lyon played the last, what, eight games of the regular season and started the the first three games of the playoffs. There's a reason for all of that. So, hey, good for Florida and good for Bobrovsky for getting back to this, but I don't know if it's going to continue or not. I'm not even going to say we'll find out tonight because I wouldn't read anything into tonight unless he stands on his head, in which case, yeah, it's going to
1: continue. A 943 save percentage in the postseason. For sounds good. I mean, yeah, that's, that's pretty solid. Yeah, it's I mean, Freddie's at nine thirty-one. Yeah. So, and that's with a four-goal on twelve-shot game. Okay. It, to me, it's it's interesting because when I think when you compare the the this is the second series in a row now, or th- actually all three series where we've really been talking about the, the goalkeeper and, and what they've been like coming into it. And what we saw with Akira last Akira Schmidt in the the Devil's series is they come out and they jump on him immediately, yeah. and they, they knock him off and they they throw off his confidence and and that's kind of all she wrote for the rest of the series. Is that I mean obviously that's what you want to do, but you chance games can do that in this one. That's the that's the plan, right?
2: <laughs> if you can get a goal in the first three minutes, hot dog, right? And maybe who knows, maybe it's even a soft one to really rock him. Yeah, I mean everybody would like to. Florida would like to do the same thing. Um, I think I've been saying this, Dennis. You know this. Yep. I've been saying this for the entirety of the playoffs. I fully expect a low scoring series. Yeah. I really do. Bobrovsky's playing really well. I think Carolina defensively is playing at a super high level. I really think we're going to see a low scoring series. Yeah, will somebody score five? I'm sure. T- probably happened tonight, right? But sure, I, if if you gave me three goals every game, right now, give me three goals every game. I think I'll see you in the Stanley Cup final. Right. All
0: right, go. That's why he says Canes in three. That's the reason. Yeah. That's the explanation for that. That's Adam Gold. Check out Stormwatch. Watch. Keep it right here on 99.9 Nine, The Fan, starting at seven o'clock. Adam, thanks for swinging on by. Pleasure, pleasure. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early